Many years ago when I was in seminary, uh, one of the awakenings that happened, not on a very profound level, was the experience of worshiping with some of the other seminarians and realizing the wide variety of worship styles that are represented within the broad spectrum of Episcopal worship. And so setting the scene a little bit, the, the room where we would gather for prayer was actually a very small space. It was in an old home um, that I think this might have been the dining room that was turned into a chapel. And so we were close together and you would see people who were high church Anglo-Catholic doing all of the motions, the ups and the downs of the genuflecting and uh, some of the people who you would say are low church doing none of that. And everyone kind of, it felt like was doing it in a militant way. And here I was sort of in the middle trying to worship but being distracted by all this. And honestly, kind of sadly in, in those beginning um, gatherings at least for me, I remember it feeling very divided, feeling uh, a little lost in worship actually. And you know, it, it's an opportunity to realize where worship sometimes might not do what it's meant to do. When we start to worship the worship, as opposed to remembering what worship is here for, which is to draw us closer to God. Well, something happened just right off the bat. It was, I believe, the beginning of the second week of our classes, our first full week. And it was Tuesday, September 11th, 2001. And anybody who was alive at that time and old enough to remember it, you can remember where you were on that day and what happened, probably very vividly. The two things that stand out for me as the most of all, all the memories, the most vivid ones for things that we all did that day were we gathered for prayer, and many of us gathered at the med school in an attempt to donate blood. Gathering for prayer, uh, everything was transformed. All those divisions, all the experience of, of competing ways, they just totally vanished. We were recentered in who we're called to be when we approach God in prayer at a moment like that. And then giving blood, the, the truth of the matter is so many people went to give blood and, and where my school was located, we were on the edge of the commuting distance from New York City. Uh, from the tallest buildings on the campus, you actually could see the smoke rising from Manhattan just barely. Um, but they turned most of us away because they didn't need all the blood that was coming forward to be donated. They couldn't handle it. There's a spiritual lesson in that too. Just think stuff that is inside your veins and my veins has the power to keep other people alive, to give the gift of life. Paul writes to the Romans in the letter that we hear from today, and the first thing that we hear him say in this passage is to offer your body as a living sacrifice. Such a strange term to hear. And it's worth pointing out that when he says to, for us to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice, it means our whole lives. Offer ourselves, our whole selves, as a living sacrifice. Now this concept for us today with postmodern 
life experiences. Um, we have to remember in Paul's day, there was, that was how they worshiped. That was part of the worship system was to go to the temple to offer your sacrifice. He must have done that himself as a very observant Jew through most of his life. In fact, through all of his life. And the sacrifice system, this, the temple worship system, well, it became a system where people were so focused on doing it the right way, what was offered, when it was offered, how it was offered, working with people called priests. It became, perhaps, worshiping the worship. And Paul is reminding the people the point is not the details of how people did that system. The point was the spirit of sacrifice itself. To reclaim that. To live in a way that is sacrificial. Which, of course, is a way that is Christ-like. That's a way that we can live today, too. We can choose to live sacrificially, to live generously. Is there anything you've ever done that was important that didn't involve a measure of sacrifice? Perhaps serious sacrifice on your, on your part? We're invited to live in this way that Paul asks, and it does tie together with how we live in our life together with others. Paul's writing to this community, and, and he notes one of the problems that they're having is some people feel like they're a lot better than others, a lot more important because of the function that they're performing in that community. And sometimes this is about a spiritual function. It's about their spiritual gift, and some people think that their gift is much better than the gift of somebody else. And he talks about the analogy of the body. And he says, well, there are different parts of the body, different members of the body. Think about it. You've got your big toe, and it has a a certain thing that a big toe does, and that's important. It's different from a knee, different from a hip. And yet all of these things are needed and they need each other. And Paul uses this phrase that I love, sticks in my mind, where he says, we are members one of another. We are members one of another. We're not just members of this thing, this group, like a club, like a society. We're members one of another, if we have eyes to see. The way that this was spoken about by Dr. King was beloved community. We are members one of another. There's a thing happening right now back where I come from. My home state of California is on fire. And I'm recording this sermon right now on Thursday morning. I don't know what's going to happen between now and when you will be viewing it. But I can tell you what's happening right now. The, the house where we used to live, which was a rectory in a place called Carmel Valley, surrounded by hills and oak trees. And at this time, it's very, very dry. And there are fires on all sides of that village, the Carmel Valley village, where many of our dearest friends uh, still live. And this morning, I was looking at a report from there, and I saw a post from somebody that we know who is a chef, um, somebody who probably would be very surprised to know he's being mentioned in a sermon, and yet this person is full of the Spirit. And so um, here's what he wrote. It's an account of something that happened, and 
but if my math is right, he was posting at California time at 3.45 this morning. It's his last post of last night. And this is what he writes. He says, I waded through burnt-out brush towards a fire engine and a water tender. Super thick smoke, so I had to bang on the tender door. And in quotes, he asks the person inside, did you get fed? The response, no, ma'am. I have sandwiches, cookies, and cold sodas. How much? A lot. How many guys? And he writes, as if, dot, dot, dot. And he says, in this poor heroic guy's world, random chefs show up on a burning mountain at 11 p.m. looking to sell sandwiches. It was free, of course. Do you hear how two worlds are coming together? There is caring, there's sacrifice, there's generosity, there's even heroism, which is an embodiment of all of these things when they come together. And then there are also the habits of this world and the way that things often are that we have gotten used to. That somebody would be there vending the food as opposed to offering it freely. And Paul says to the people, do not be conformed to this world. Be transformed that you may discern the will of God. Amen.